Bottom Saints with Alice Randall. I'm your host, Alice Randall. Each episode of this podcast will explore the life of a particular saint in the novel Black Bottom Saints, the rich history of Detroit's Black Bottom neighborhood, what the Detroit past has to tell us about the global future, and end with a cocktail whistle. This podcast is for people who have and have not read Black Bottom Saints. Join me to talk about the play between history and fiction and how one informs the other. I hope a stop here is a little like meeting up with a talking stranger in the lobby of Detroit's fabled Gotham Hotel. This episode, I want to introduce you to Anna Gordy. A year before Barry Gordy founded Motown Records, Anna Gordy founded Anna Records. The first big hit on that label was M-O-N-E-Y, money. And it's probable that you never heard of Anna Gordy and you've likely heard of her brother, Barry. Anna is the patron saint of putting family first, living in the present and black enterprise. And she was Ziggy's favorite Gordy. He makes that clear right at the start of her chapter. These are Ziggy's words. There was one brilliant Gordy man at Motown, Barry Gordy. There were four brilliant women, the Gordy sisters, Anna, Esther, Gwen, and Lucy. Anna, born into the middle of the pack, was my favorite. The two things Ziggy loved most about Anna were her ability to see all the varieties of beauty in people and capture it in a photograph. She was a photographer or capture it in a vinyl record when she was functioning as part of a record producing team. The second was her focus on the black audience. When Anna thought of creating art for an audience, she thought intimately. She thought of her brothers and sisters, her siblings, Fuller, Esther, Lucy, George, Gwen, Barry, and Robert. And she thought of her parents, Barry Sr. and Bertha. And while she was with him, she thought of her man, Marvin Gaye, her husband, for a while. Her music business integrity was rooted in her commitment to providing music for those particular ears, for ears she loved, respected, and knew, for ears she saw even when she wasn't seen, when she and her sisters were overshadowed and erased in public memory by the extraordinary presence of her brother. Anna is Ziggy's first female saint of spring, the season of pure thrive. Living in the shadow of Barry didn't make Anna jealous. She thrived. Anna invested cash in Motown Records, invested labor in Motown Records. She used her extraordinary ability to motivate DJs and programmers to get Motown songs on the air. She was a big part of building Motown into what it was in its heyday, the biggest Black-owned business in America. But that's not why Ziggy made her a saint. And when I think of Anna in this present moment, inspired by my producer, Chelsea Crowell, and my own reflections, I think of a star who wasn't part of the Motown system. I think of Alice Coltrane. How's that? Anna embodied the art of putting family first, the art of living in the present, and the art of fueling Black enterprise. And so did that Alice. So did Alice Coltrane. Anna did all of that, embody the art of putting family first, the art of living in the present, the art of fueling Black enterprise in what was described at the time by Ziggy 
as a, with a spirit of swell, elegant swagger. Alice did it with a swirl of Eastern mysticism serene. Yes, thinking about Anna, both working effectively with her brother, Barry, and being overshadowed by Barry, got me thinking of Alice Coltrane, who both worked effectively with her husband, John Coltrane, and was overshadowed by John Coltrane's extraordinary presence. Alice, like Anna, was born into a large family. Alice Coltrane was born the fifth of six children in Detroit, Michigan in 1937, the same year my mother was born, the same year Betty Stanley in Black Bottom Saints was born. Alice and Anna Gordy crossed paths many times over the years in Detroit and later in Los Angeles, but most particularly in Detroit when Alice's younger sister, Marilyn McLeod, McLeod was Alice Coltrane's maiden name, was a songwriter at Motown. Just the same way that people forget that Anna Records existed before Motown Records, people forget that Alice Coltrane was a member of the John Coltrane Quartet. People forget that some argue that Alice Coltrane was the most important pianist that ever played in the John Coltrane Quartet. Because when most folks remember she was a part of that quartet, if they remember at all, they remember that she broke up the band, turning her into a Yoko Ono figure when that was not the truth. They erased the reality that Alice, before she was Alice Coltrane, was well known in Detroit as a piano prodigy, as a genius grounded in classical piano, in church music, in blues, and in bebop when she began exploring and evolving that genre of jazz when she was still in high school. When McCoy Tyner left the John Coltrane Quartet in 1964, John Coltrane invited Alice to replace him because he believed her to be the greatest pianist he knew. John Coltrane died in 1967. In 1968, Alice released her own first album, Monastic Trio. In 2004, she released Translinear Light. Between 1968 and 2004, she released over 20 albums and there will be recordings of her work released after her death. Anna and Alice both made the migration from Detroit to Los Angeles in the late 60s. And they both made a life for themselves in Los Angeles as solo human acts when their partners left them. Anna losing Marvin to divorce, Alice losing John Coltrane to death. But they were solo acts who both continued to serve family legacy. Anna working for Motown, Alice preserving John Coltrane's legacy and raising their children, even as she evolved her music influenced by Eastern spiritual practices. Alice Coltrane, who became known by a name that translates roughly as Lord's Highest Song of Bliss, founded and became the director of the Vendantic Center in the Santa Monica Mountains in 1975. Alice Coltrane was a serene entrepreneur or an entrepreneur of the serene. 
the historical record doesn't know how and where the two women, Alice and Anna, crossed paths when they both lived in Los Angeles. But I am sure with Alice Coltrane's vibrations being as clear, as strong as they were, and Anna's perception being as acute as they were, that they felt each other. Libation for the feast day of Anna Gordy. This podcast episode lifted in honor of Alice Coltrane and all who are overshadowed yet burn bright. Step follows gaze. One jigger of old Tom Gin, one pony of orange juice, one dash of orange bitters. Place all ingredients in a serene cocktail shaker. Add ice and shake, shake, shake. Strain into a cocktail glass and serve. Next episode, we'll be talking about Maxine Powell, the dean of the Motown Charm School. Until then, keep zagging with Ziggy and always remember, joy is radical. I am Alice Randall, and this is the Black Bottom Saints Podcast. This podcast was produced by Chelsea Crowell and Aaron McNally. The theme from Black Bottom Saints was written and recorded by Louis York. Nashville Women Blues was recorded by Reese Palmer and written by Bessie Smith. The novel Black Bottom Saints is published by Amistad, HarperCollins, and is available at your favorite bookstore and on Audible. Find out more at alicerandall.com.